0: Welcome to the Wealthsteading Podcast. This is episode 279. Today is January 18th, 2019. I'm your host, John Pugliano. I'm also the founder and money manager at investablewealth.com. Well, hey, how about this New Year's rally? The S&P 500 is up about 12% from the Christmas Eve lows. Did you read all those scary gloom and doom articles and all the apocalyptic videos over at YouTube? And the scary comments on Facebook, ah, economic collapse, 50% correction, bear market, did you panic and sell too soon? A lot of people got scared into selling at exactly the wrong time. In this episode, I'm not going to specifically speak to this particular market. I've been doing that with illustrations over at my YouTube channel. I will put in a link to a video that I put out last week that specifically showed the value, the fair market value of where the S&P 500 is and how I think fear and greed is going to impact that going forward. And I've been trying to build a case and make the case for about, I don't know, probably close to a year and a half over at my YouTube channel about, no, we're not in a recession. No, this is not a market meltdown or a collapse. And it's not that I'm Mr. Optimistic, rose-colored glasses. I'm more cynical than anybody I know. But when I look at the facts and I look at the fundamentals, they just haven't been pointing to a recession. And whether you look at unemployment numbers or RV sales or the price of copper or just about any market or economic indicator that I've been looking at, I just haven't seen a recession on the horizon. Now, as far as this market, I will be covering some things about generally what we're seeing in this market, but I want this episode to be broader than that. If you're listening to this episode a decade from now, I want it to still be relevant because what we're going to be talking about today is fundamentals versus investor sentiment. And we're going to talk about that in light of what's going on in the current market and what happened last year. But the more important lesson isn't about the specifics about where we are today, it's about learning about Fear and greed, learning about fundamentals, learning about human nature, because those things don't change. And if you can learn them now, you'll be better equipped to think for yourself and to make wise buy and sell decisions rather than simply doing what everybody else does, which is reading the headlines and reacting emotionally. So what have we been seeing in the market lately? Well, we're seeing what we always see. It's a manic-depressant market. Greed kicks in. Things get manic, prices go up, there's fear of missing out, everybody dogpiles in to the exact same investments. That's the manic phase. That's when all the irrational exuberance occurs and people just think the prices are gonna go on forever. But they don't. And then the depressive reality sets in that people overbought, prices collapse, everybody starts running for the exits at exactly the same time, markets get oversold. The hucksters come out of the woodwork trying to take advantage of everybody's fear and they get all the headline news to promote their gloom and doom agenda. I mean, that's what gets eyeballs, right? That's what attracts people. You're not going to turn on some talking head show or CNBC or click on some video if it just says, everything's great, don't worry about it. No, you want to see something that attracts your emotions, just like you would do if you were going to read a a fiction book or or go see some type of murder mystery movie at the theater, right? You're not going to focus on the rationality of it. You're going to put yourself in the frame of mind where you're purposely ignoring reality so you can let your emotions kick in. And that's great if you're at the movies or at a concert, but that doesn't work in the stock market, not if you want to make money. So if you want to succeed as an individual investor, you need to get a handle on those emotions and start thinking and basing your judgments on the reality of the fundamentals. Now get back to that video that I have linked in this episode. It's important for you to look at that and watch it because you'll see the rationality of how I come up with a fair market value using a realistic estimate of where S&P 500 earnings are going to be at the end of this year and then applying a historic price per earnings valuation to that earnings number. And I come up with a number, I think, around 2730. And so you draw that on the chart, and you can see how past performance has been fluctuating around that area of fair market value, just like you would expect it to. Because the price is never specifically at fair value. Fear is going to drive investors into panic and the price will come down below that area of fair value. And then greed is the exact opposite of that. It will push the price well above fair value. So the importance of knowing fair value is not so that you can predict the price of an index or an individual stock. It's just to give you a reality check to ground your emotions so you can look at it and say, Fear is taking over investor sentiment right now, like it has been over the last three months, and like it had over most of last year. And you can look at that and say, the market is trading under fair value. Now, that doesn't tell you that the price won't go lower, but what it can help you decide is the probability of whether buying that dip fits your risk tolerance and if it makes sense for you. If you think you see more upside than downside. Remember, we're not trying to predict the future. We're just trying to assess probabilities. And when you get on the greed phase of the cycle, it doesn't mean that just because you hit a record high that the market won't go higher. If you'd have played that bet in 2017, you'd have consistently lost because the market went on to keep going higher and higher, even though it was well above fair value. And so when you're above fair value, it doesn't mean that you shouldn't be buying into the market, or it doesn't mean that you shouldn't be holding your positions, or it doesn't mean that you should immediately be selling, but it's just an indicator to tell you, hey, you're you're getting close to the summit here. You're getting close to the peak. Watch out for that edge because you're getting high enough where you may fall off of it. It's okay to walk a tightrope or walk along the edge of a cliff as long as you are thinking with your rational mind and not with your emotional vertigo. As contrarian investors, as people that want to try and time the market or swing trade, that's really what we're looking for. We want that volatility. We just don't want to buy into the emotional part of it. And so how do you apply that? Well, let's just look at this past December. December 2018, the S&P 500 dropped 10% in that month. Christmas Eve 2018 was the low point for the market. This past December was the worst performing December going all the way back since the 1930s and so without even going out and looking at balance sheets and digging down into the numbers and trying to determine whether the market was fundamentally oversold or not you could have simply just used your situational awareness and the god-given common sense that you have and you could have listened to that narrative about how horrible everything was and then you could have opened your eyes and looked around and I don't know about you But the places that I went to in December, they weren't reflecting the worst economic conditions since the 1930s. When I went to a restaurant, it was hard to get a table. You had to wait for 45 minutes or an hour. And when I went to a brick-and-mortar store, you know, these places that are supposedly losing out to Amazon and all going out of business, well, when you went Christmas shopping at those brick-and-mortar retailers, well, you couldn't find a place to park your car because the parking lots were full. And when I looked at the people around me, they were not only spending and consuming, whether it was in the stores or in the restaurants or buying new cars or buying RVs or expensive products or services, but they were just consuming. And while they were consuming, they were all walking around with a smartphone in their hand that costs, you know, $800 to $1,000 and a reoccurring bill that they're spending, you know, $50 to $100 a month on, maybe more. So although the media narrative was so negative and telling you all the bad things that were going to happen. But when you looked around at the U.S. economy, did you really see that? You didn't. I didn't anyways. And that's your tell. You're witnessing a discrepancy between reality and the narrative. The fundamentals are sound, but the narrative that's driving and affecting investor sentiment are out of line. And so without even digging into any of the fundamental numbers... That's an indicator to you. Now, I just gave you an easy way to evaluate investor sentiment. That's a very simple and unsophisticated way to look at things, but it plays out. You can also go out and specifically track investor sentiment surveys. There's a bunch of them out there. One of the easy ones to have access, free access to is the AAI. That's the American Association of Individual Investors. They do a weekly survey of their members. These are just regular old retail mom and pop investors that answer questions for the survey, and you can get a track of what those people were thinking, and in most cases, it's a very good contrarian indicator for reality. If you'd have looked at those investor sentiment surveys in December and in early January, they were among the most bearish, lowest, worst investor sentiment numbers going over, you know, values going over the last 50 years or so. Whenever people get that pessimistic, it's likely that the market is oversold. And that's because the stock market, or any market, is simply one of exchange. It's governed by the laws of supply and demand. When there's a high demand, if there isn't enough supply to keep up with it, then the price has to go up. And when there's no demand, but there's still plenty of supply, well then the price has to come down. And it does that until it reaches a balance, That's that fair market value I was talking about. And so, when investor sentiment is either so negative or so positive, it's going to move the price irrationally either up or down, above or below that fair market value. Imagine if you have a couple people in a canoe. They're paddling along, and both people look over the right side. They both look over the starboard side of the canoe and they lean that way. What's going to happen? Well, that canoe is designed to be balanced, to float in the water. But when everybody in that canoe is leaning over the same side, it's going to tip over. That's what happens in markets. When everybody gets on the same side of a trade, the market rolls over. It either rolls up if everybody has irrational exuberance and they're buying, or the prices fall apart and collapse if everybody is negative in selling. That's how investor sentiment works and how it affects the price in the market. We saw massive major negative investor sentiment from about October all the way through Christmas Eve. It drove the prices down every day. It was irrational. And you knew that because the prices were going down below fair value, that at some point the market would bottom out and start to move back up. And as the beginning of this year, that's what we've seen. A lot of people were selling at the end of the year to take advantage of tax write-offs to close out losing positions in their portfolio. So that further drove things to be sold before the end of the year. And then just the opposite happened as we got into the new year. People wanted to start taking that excess cash, putting it into the market because we were in a new tax year, and they wanted to take advantage of the low valuations. So while December 2018 was the worst December the stock market had seen going all the way back to the Great Depression, likewise, January is turning out to be one of the best Januaries because too many people got on the wrong side of the trade. They were too bearish. Now, with the market up some 12% since the Christmas Eve lows, is it likely to keep going higher? Well, I think ultimately it will because we are still under the fundamental fair value of the S&P 500. But at the same time, too many people are getting optimistic. and there's a lot of overhead pressure on this market going up to about 29.30 on, on the S&;P 500. So you have to be careful getting into the market at this point. Three, four weeks ago was a great time to be buying into the market. right now, not so much. Does't mean that the market won't appreciate from here. I think it will. It's just unlikely to keep rising at the same rate as it has over these past couple weeks. The big thing I want to emphasize here is that the decline in the stock market over the course of 2008, in my opinion, was not driven by rational fundamental reasoning. It was simply driven by the emotion of fear because of negative investor sentiment. And so to me, those were all great buying opportunities to get in on those dips. So where does that take us with this current market? Well, as I said, I think we're currently below fair value. I wouldn't be surprised to see a bit of a pullback, though because there has been so much enthusiasm. But I'll tell you, on the other hand, the resilience of this market is amazing. Considering that the government has been shut down for some three weeks, and considering that we're in a definite slowdown with the Chinese economy, and the fact that the whole tariff situation hasn't been resolved, and the bickering and fighting between Trump and the Democrats uh, you know, coming out of the White House, and then the absolute debacle of the way the Brexit's been handled, I mean, considering all those things, you would think that there'd be more of a negative impact on the stock market, and yet prices keep going up. So I don't know specifically where things are going to settle out, but I can tell you this. I talked last year about the S&P 500 hitting 3000 I still think this market is at least going that high. It's not going to get there overnight, but I still have that as my long-range target because I don't yet think we're headed to a recession. I want to emphasize that, yet. I don't look at the world with rose-colored glasses. I'm very much a cynic. I don't think things are rosy. I think there's a lot of problems in the world. And I know from history that when those problems do emerge, whether they be small or whether they be large, either way, the economy goes into a recession and the stock market goes into a correction and then into a bear market. Sometimes it's only a 20% correction, and it lasts a few weeks or a few months. Sometimes it's a 50% correction, and it lasts for over a year. I know that those things occur. I expect them to occur in the future. But for right now, as I look at the fundamentals, I just don't see those bad things happening in the near term. And I'll tell you the biggest reason why I held my positions through last year and why I remain optimistic this year. The big factor that drove the market down... And crush investor sentiment was the smart money's fear of rising interest rates. Because if you look at virtually every recession that's occurred over the last hundred years, it's happened because the Federal Reserve tightened and raised interest rates too much, and they dried up the money supply, and they forced the economy into recession. And that's not an accident. That's the way the Federal Reserve operates. And so the fear is now that with this quantitative tightening that's going on, that the market will go into recession. But when I look at the underlying money flows and I look at the actual money levels in the economy, I see tightening, but I don't see a constriction that's going to cause a recession in the short term. Even with all the talk of inverted yield curves and how high short interest rates were going up, what was different this time around was that we were starting from near zero interest rates. And so while generally a flattening yield curve or an inverted yield curve is the predecessor to a recession, in this case, it hasn't been and I don't think it will be yet because overall interest rates are still so artificially low. The 10-year treasury right now is at 2.7. That low rate is still very expansionary. And even if it goes up to 2.8 or 3.0 or 3.3, perhaps even if it gets as high as 4, it may not have a huge detrimental impact on the economy because it's so low to begin with. Whenever we had flattening or inverted yield curves in the past, that 10-year treasury was well above 6%. That's more than twice where it is right now. And when you combine other deflationary factors like all the other central bank money that's floating around the system, and you look at oil prices of 51 $52 a barrel, then what you're seeing is deflationary forces and not inflationary forces. Now, we can argue whether deflationary forces can cause a recession. I would argue that they don't, but let's put that aside for now. One thing that we, I think, can all agree on is that deflationary forces won't cause drastically rising interest rates. And that's the bottom line of this whole economy. Low interest rates have been what's driven this economy. The access to cheap and abundant money hasn't gone away. It's tightening, the rate of increase is slowing, but there's still plenty of cash floating around in this system. And so for that fundamental reason, I didn't believe last year, nor do I believe this year, that interest rates are going to get out of hand. And that fear of rising interest rates was exactly what drove the smart money into a panic in 2018 and caused every major dip that we saw last year. Remember, the market hit an all-time record high in January. That was right after the corporate tax cuts got approved. And then in early February, when the jobs numbers came out and they were so large and unemployment started to go down so low and the Federal Reserve was talking hawkish and talking tough about raising interest rates and about staying on schedule and about reducing the balance on their spreadsheet. Well, what happened? The market started to fall apart in February of 2018. It was because they were afraid that the Federal Reserve is going to take away the punch bowl and hit the brakes. The market declined and vacillated all the way through June. But then, as we got into the summer months, investors started to realize that the economy wasn't slowing down nearly as much as they thought, that the rise in interest rates still hadn't caused an inversion in the yield curve, that corporate borrowing was still taking place, that consumers were still buying products on debt, and that despite all the turmoil coming out of the White House and all the threats of trade wars and tariffs, global trade was still plugging along. And so as a result of that, The fundamentals started kicking in, and you saw the S&P 500 climbing a wall of worry from June all the way until mid-September when it hit another all-time record high. And then October 3rd, just like clockwork, Jerome Powell, the chairman of the Federal Reserve, he came out, he gave a speech, and he said that interest rates were still far away from neutral. Now, neutral is the interest rate level that, as the name implies, it doesn't have an expansionary effect on the economy meaning it's not too low, nor does it have a detrimental penalizing effect on the economy to where it's too high. It neither encourages nor discourages lending. And Chairman Powell said we were still a long way from neutral, meaning that rates had to go a whole lot higher. Well, immediately the market started going down. It came right off of those record highs, and the Federal Reserve kept talking tough. Nobody walked back those statements. And in December, when they met for their final meeting of the year, where they not only increased interest rates for the fourth time that year, but they also came out with a pretty strong statement saying that they felt that the economy was fundamentally sound, which is the same thing that I'm saying, and that they would take the appropriate action. Well, again, that further panicked the market, and from that FOMC meeting until Christmas Eve, the market plummeted. Now, here's the interesting aspect of all that. Virtually everybody expected the Federal Reserve to raise interest rates that quarter of a percent. So that wasn't the news. But what was concerning the market was that the Federal Reserve seemed to be obstinate, that they were turning a deaf ear to the fact that the stock market and the overall economy was slowing down. Incidentally, as we knew that it would slow down because there was no way we could have 23% growth in corporate profits because the leading-edge impact of the tax cuts occurred in 2018 and they wouldn't occur in 2019. But again, that didn't mean that we wouldn't have growth or expansion. It just meant that it wouldn't grow at 23%. But the Federal Reserve was perceived as being obstinate. And the reason they were was because they had to be tough because President Trump was pushing back on them and saying they were crazy and out of control. And so they had to stand up and be tough to Trump. And the markets were afraid that the Federal Reserve may not back down on raising interest rates, even if they should, just because they didn't want to appear weak to Donald Trump. But what happened in all that? Well, rationality prevailed. Jay Powell came out in early January, and instead of making off-the-cuff statements, he specifically read from his notes saying about how the Federal Reserve would be more data-dependent, which is funny because that phrase always makes me laugh. Of course they're data-dependent. What do they do? Use a Ouija board? In any case, he came out and walked back his previous hawkish statements, and from the day he gave that talk until now, the market has gone up and gone up rapidly. So it's as simple as that. I think this economy is going to keep chugging along, at least through 2019, until the Federal Reserve raises interest rates to a point where they're detrimental to the economy. And right now, with the 10-year Treasury at 2.7%, we're a long way from interest rates that are going to penalize the economy. Why? Am I right or wrong? I don't know. It's just my opinion. Take it for what it's worth. But one thing I'd encourage you going forward in 2019 is learn to check your emotions and start looking at the fundamentals.